1: Welcome back to Simply Seria, the Italian football podcast brought to you by AMS Media. I'm your host, Harry Simu. I'm joined by my fantastic panel once again, and we're going to delve into lots of huge stories coming out of into, uh, Italy Sorry, this evening. good evening good evening everybody welcome back to simply seria the italian football podcast brought to you by ams media i'm joined this week by my usual panel my excellent fantastic panel vittorio and tommy saw you both uh having a cheeky little dance there to the music brilliant
2: (laughs) <laughs> I thought I was off camera. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you was, but I could still see it, Toby. <laughs> great stuff. Great stuff. Right. There is lots and lots to dig our teeth into this week. Uh, but first, we're going to run through the results just briefly uh, from week seven in Serie A. Atalanta three, Lecce one, Bologna two, Lazio two, Fiorentina one, Udinese nil, Genoa one, Milan two, Inter one, Juventus two. That of course being the standout fixture this week: Roma one, Cagliari one, Spal one, Parma nil, Torino nil, Napoli nil, Verona two, Sampdoria nil. Now, those are the results. Um, of course, we're going to delve into some of those a little bit later on. But the big, big story. Right now, coming out of Milan, uh, it was announced a little while ago. Well, it was made official a little while ago. I think we all knew it was coming. But Marco gianpaolo uh, has been sacked by AC Milan and he's uh, expected to be replaced by former Inter and Fiorentina boss Stefano Pioli now. Gianpaolo took over from Gattuso in the summer, having spent three seasons at Sampdoria. But four defeats in their opening seven games, combined with some really dull performances, have forced the club's hand. Now, before we talk about Pioli, let's talk about Giampaolo and, and maybe what went wrong. Uh, Tommy, he's a manager that you've watched at very close quarters, given his time at Sampdoria. Why, in your opinion, have things not worked out in Milan for Marco Gianpaolo?
2: Uh, I really don't understand uh, what they've done because uh, you asked me about him a couple of weeks ago, I mean, um, three weeks ago in, in the beginning of their league. And I did tell you that he's the kind of manager that needs a lot of time. He needs a lot of time because his, his, food, his type of football is very, very tactical, almost to a manic level. That's what some of the players said about him last season. Uh, that for example, the defence, he needs to move all as in as a one person and um you know he's he's just kind of football uh is, is is quite defending and um the, the mezzala, which is the, the cm sort of role is very important for him so there are certain things that he really wants nailed on and there are things that you cannot do in a couple of weeks so i thought that if they got him as a manager they expected to have him as a long-term project so give him first season to kind of you know uh, try things out and you know make the team his own and uh, uh, make him learn all of all of the things that he does, uh, and then kind of try to go uh, f- uh, for better results for the next season. And I did say it was a bit of a weird choice to get him because of that. We all know that Milan needs results now; it doesn't need the next year. So I thought it was a bit weird, but you know maybe with the work it'd be better. And as soon as he does a few bad performances, because again his team doesn't play the way he wants, it's too too early, and he can't he can't teach them everything they want from them in such a short term, then they're already getting rid of him. They should have known. I mean, I knew this. All Sampdoria fans knew anyway, it because we saw him for a few years. We knew this is the kind of manager he is. That that's, he needs time. So I don't understand why are people at the board of Milan. Uh, which they should have watched him even closer than I did uh, they didn't know that so I'm very surprised uh, I don't know what they expected from him really and uh, getting Pioli now I think if I think he should do a fairly, fairly good job he's, he's gonna you know they're probably gonna finish in the top eight <laughs> uh, which is <laughs> not exactly ideal for, for Milan and uh, we know that Pioli is, is usually quite good at picking picking uh, teams up like he did with Lazio uh, we thought of course we'll tell you more about it Um so, I think it would be an okay choice, but I just find I find it weird what happened with, with the whole Paulo situation.
1: Victoria, your thoughts on it. Are you, were you surprised to hear the news about Gianpaolo?
3: Well, you know, as Tommy was saying, you, you selected the manager and we are like the 7th of October. You know, it's not like uh, February, uh, near the end of the season, etc. So, it's quite early and then you sack the manager so early. After that, in August, Paolo Maldini came out and said, you know, this is my manager. I I, I wanted strongly Giampaolo to manage Milan. And now when he's there, uh, then you sack it after uh, a couple of weeks. And the worst thing is Giampaolo won. He Milan beat Genoa and you sacked him anyway. And the reason why you're sacking him is because you didn't like the starting 11 he picked against Genoa, which doesn't make any sense. I mean, if you're a sport director, you're a sport director. You have to give the manager the liberty to pick the the formation he wants. Instead, Maldini didn't like it and sack him, which doesn't make any sense at all. I think out of this, Paolo Maldini and uh, Boban come out really badly. And, you know, I think it was a couple of weeks ago that uh, Berlusconi said, Paolo Maldini and Boban are two great football players. I'm not sure they're the great manager. And they're proving that Berlusconi is right. They don't look like a great manager. I mean you I agree with that. You, you pick Gianpaolo saying he's the he's the guy wanted and then it's 7 October and you fire him. No sense at all, really no sense at all. And and then, you know, we're going to talk about Pioli later, but you you have to give him a little bit of chance at least. You know, in Italy we say will he eat the panettone? This means will the manager <laughs> arrive at the, at December, at Christmas? We are not even at Halloween, guys. And he's already been <laughs> sacked, you know. This is unbelievable. Usually it's the Panettone. No, he's not even getting Halloween. He's the
2: quickest manager that started a season to be sacked by Milan ever.
1: 111 days. That's the statistic. I was just going to bring that in. So he's, uh, yeah, 111 days, the least of any head coach who started a season in the club's history. There you go. Says it all. Um, We understand that Spalletti was the first choice but Inter were unable to agree a severance package with him and therefore that couldn't happen. Um, So, you know, we've touched on it. Pioli looks like he's going to take the job. Um, I think Vittorio said to me offline just a few moments ago that he's already in Milan. Um, He's formerly, of course, of Parma, Chievo, Bologna, Lazio, Inter and Fiorentina. Um, He has been credited with picking up Fiorentina, though, hasn't he? After the whole uh, Davide story tragedy. So uh, there is some, you know... Some people that think Stefano Pioli is, is a good man for the job. Um, Tommy, do you think that this is a sensible appointment? I mean, he's never won a piece of silverware ever, has he?
2: Yeah, but I don't think the expectations and uh, the goals of Milan is to win anything. I mean, uh, all they need now is, 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 is the, I don't know what they want really. Of course, the, the, the goal of Milan is achieving the top six. Um, I guess the choice of purely, I think it will work not not just because, as I said, he's he's usually fairly good to pick him teams up, but also the way he plays is closer to the way that Milan plays in the past few years. So that means with a f- free striker, whether it's a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1 or whatever. So you know Milan has the players for it, like Souza, for example, which is probably the best player Milan has. Uh, he can go back to play on the wing, which is his natural role, rather than uh, try as a trequartista, as a CAM. Um, There's other players that um, they were playing fairly good with Gattuso last year because let's remember that Milan last year probably did their best season since since you know in a few years since they won the league maybe the last time um, they, they definitely did much better than you know the, the Montella and all the other managers did so they're gonna go back to playing in that sort of formation so that might help. Um, and it's uh, not going to be a very tactical football like it was with Giampaolo. So I think there was that's going to start to pick up a bit. Um, the, I don't think they can re- realistically achieve a top four and I, don't, I, don't, I think everyone knows that. No one is really expecting it.
1: Vittorio, your thoughts on Pioli. Uh, Tommy mentioned earlier as well he had a, a spell at Lazio. Um, what did you make of his time there and how do you think he'll go into this Uh, How do you think he'll go into this Milan job and improve them?
3: Well, you have to say that the best season he had was the first year at Lazio. Well, he reached the third spot, put Lazio in the Champions League uh, position, and that was his best season. After that, it has been a disaster because with Lazio, he has been sacked a year later. Then he moved to Inter, I don't know if you remember, and he didn't finish the season. He was sacked in May.
1: So, Then he he... had the panatone, yeah?
3: (laughs) He did. Then he moved to Fiorentina, and things didn't go really that well in Fiorentina. He he has been dismissed last year. You remember the, the confusion, they're gonna sack him. No, they didn't sack him, and then he said, No, I'm not coming back. So you have to say that in the last three years, he didn't do that well. And Milan is looking for a manager who can you know bring back Milan to to the position they should be competing, so the Champions League, with a manager who have failed pretty much everywhere, you know, and you can see his curriculum and say, wow, he managed uh, Lazio, Inter, Fiorentina, so he should be right, yeah, but he did really bad there, so um, I'm not convinced he's the right person, but to be honest, I don't blame that much Gianpaolo the problem is the team, Gianpaolo we all knew how he was playing, and they both players who didn't fit to his scheme, so... You know, is Giampaolo... I think, again, Maldini and Boban didn't make the team for the Giampaolo. So, obviously, we purely think could be even better. But let's not forget, Milan is only at two points from Lazio. So, it's not far away from the Champions League position. And you sack the manager. Now, the fans are not happy because, obviously, we were talking about Spalletti, who you can say a lot of bad things, but Spalletti has experience and has success with the Roma, with, with Inter... Uh, with zenith and so on. is an experienced manager who have done well with big teams. Pioli, no. Pioli has proved to fail in big teams. So, you know, uh, Milan fan was expecting Spalletti and they get Pioli. And the question mark I always had, Harry, is are they the only two managers available? You know, for example, there's Vengera available. Think about that. That's you know, w- one of my uh, friends I know that is a Milan journalist, said the most um, embarrassing thing is Milan is going to sign Pioli, who was linked with Sampdoria and Genoa that are, you know, bottom last of the table. How can it be possible that Milan is looking for a manager who should be going to Sampdoria and Genoa that are last and the second last, you know? That that doesn't make sense. It's embarrassing. And and I totally agree with that.
1: Yeah, it's a great point. Arsene Wenger is, is out there. He was at some awards ceremony last night, collecting uh, his uh, legend of football award, and you know, I I think that Arsene Wenger is someone who's still got a lot to offer in football, and you know, I I was one of the Arsenal supporters that wanted him to move on. I just felt that he'd been there too long, but you know, he certainly is is an option. Um, Certainly,
2: uh, but however, if you are if you're Wenger that you spend twenty five right years at Arsenal. And you see that Milan, Gianpaolo gets sacked after 100 days. Like, would you really take the job? Like, <laughs> that's if that's a that good if you, point. If you pick up two losses in a row, and then you might, you might already be out. Like, I wouldn't want that if I was him.
3: And, and I don't know how did it work out with Gazidis. I don't think they had a great relationship, right?
1: No, not no. Well, the oh, rumor yeah. is and the talk around Arsenal is that Gazidis was the one that pushed Arsene Wenger out the back door, and that he'd been campaigning for that to happen for quite a few years which was strange because the minute it happened, he jumped ship as well. So, you know, yeah. it felt like he spent years trying to do something and then followed uh, Venka out of the door. Um, but Gianpaolo wasn't the only manager to leave his post uh, this after this weekend. Eusebio Di Francesco left, left Sampdoria by mutual consent on Monday. Tommy, when you said it to me a few weeks back that you felt Sampdoria could be involved in a relegation battle this season, I must say I wasn't totally convinced. but They've got just three points. They've played seven games uh, and they're rock bottom of Serie A. Has that concern deepened?
2: Well, uh, it's, it's obviously a very, very bad situation at the moment. Um, so, we all know about. I mean, I did explain already uh, what, what happened about, you know, sending the club and uh, disagreement with this American found with John Vialli or whatever. Um, so, it, it's a, it's a, what happened to an now is a combination of a lot of factors. Uh, the first thing, like I said previously, in the transfer market, we didn't really buy anyone because they were selling the clubs. So, they we're trying to make more money out of uh, the best players we had. And that was part of the deal. Um, then we got the Francesco, which I respect. I respect as a manager, I think he's a good manager, but he was playing an attacking football. He wanted to play in nice football, passes, high pressure, and he cannot do that if he doesn't have the players. And we did definitely didn't have the players because you can see them going all in pressing high, and then in defense there was no one left, that we were just conceding goals. Then he tried to adjust, and things went to be better against Inter and Napoli. We lost both games, but we played much, much better than we did the first two games. So it was a be a of hope. Then now with Verona, again we didn't play well again. Uh he's tried to change formation every game. He he kinda tried to fix it and and admire that because not many managers do that. A lot of managers maybe will stick to their to their way. Um it didn't really work and um now Sandor is even a worse situation because apparently the selling the club is off, the deal is off. Uh, there's been an official statement i don't i'm not 100 if it's real maybe it's just a, a way to to lower the price even more because now of course Sandor is in such a bad position uh the, the the president ferrero he's been attacked by the by the fans the fans are literally waiting waiting for him outside the restaurant and threatening which is something i don't agree with even though i'm not a big fan of the president as well but it, it, it's awful so you know, imagine your Ferrero. Your club is going down. It's last of the league. You don't have the players. You don't have any players you can sell to make money, really, because none of our none of our players really are that valuable anymore. And the player, the the, the fans will literally hate you, and they my the my, you know do something to you in the future, whatever. So I think it might be just a way to try to to get the pro, the price lower. And I hope so. I hope it's not off for real, because if if the deal was off for real, then it would be a real trouble for us. Uh, we, we could potentially even, uh, you know. Well, I don't want to talk about failing, but that's also an option if uh, if uh, if we continue this way. Uh, but going back on the manager situation, De Francesco was definitely not the, the, the right man for this job. What we need now is one of those managers that um, they're good about. They're good with small teams to kind of you know stay stay up. Like yakini is one example. We had him when we went to Serie B, and we went to Serie A, and he did a great job. But there's lots of other uh, managers like Ballardini, for example, which I mean is. Uh, heavily linked with general so it's never going to come but i really admire as a manager you know there's a type of manager that they they do that they know how to manage a small team they don't go all attack they kind of defend they know when to defend they know when you know kind of counter attack and that's not what francesco was he was a high pressure beautiful football 4 free 3 sort of sort of manager so again he didn't fit us and so i'm, I'm sorry for him because again I, I really respect him nothing no harsh from from the fans um, but yeah, it was definitely the right choice. We're not sure who we're going to get now. They're talking about Gattuso. I, I don't know if I, I'm not sure about Stop. that because again, like I said, we need someone that knows how to keep a, a small team up and he's definitely not the player, that kind of manager because he only managed Milan in Serie a, Um and you know, we, we spoke about him last year enough. Uh, the other one is De Biazi. I'm not even sure about him. I'm hoping Yakini maybe which could be a good manager to stay up but See.
3: It's incredible that Di Francesco, two years ago, brought Roma in the semi-final of the Champions League, beating Barcelona. And then, yeah. in two years' time, he's been sacked twice because he's been sacked <laughs> with Roma and now with Sampdoria. I don't know if his career is over, but it's unbelievable. You know, he reached the top semi-final Champions League after beating uh, Barcelona and then yeah. two sacks in a row. Uh, but he's been
2: know. unlucky because I'm sure they promised him some kind of signings this summer, Otherwise, he wouldn't have joined. Obviously, it didn't happen because of this signing club situation, and then he found himself with a group of players that they would, they definitely don't fit him. So I think it was, it was, it was just in the wrong time, the wrong place, the wrong time, you know.
1: Yeah, it, it's. It seems like you know whoever goes to Sampdoria at the moment is going to have a difficult time. It seems like a really challenging place to work at the moment, given all the, the circumstances that...
3: And you still have I mean, Quagliarella that should be an incredible scorer, you know, that could help. One of the mistakes for me that Di Francesco made is he tried to play his system in, instead of putting Quagliarella in the best position to perform. And, uh, you know, last year, Quagliarella was scoring every every single match, tried to repeat the same tactics they were doing last year. Instead, he came and brought his 4-3-3, Quagliarella doesn't fit in a 4-3-3, and, and, you know, the manager has to make the top players of your team perform as better as possible, and he didn't. You have one great player, Quagliarella, try to do the best to make him score.
2: I agree. Last year, the whole team was playing for him, literally. So this year, didn't. The 4 was a completely different system. And he never, historically, never really performed in a 4 3 So I 100% agree. But that's one of the biggest reasons why, it, why it's gone, I guess.
1: So we'll have to wait and see uh, who's going to get that job uh, at I know Vittorio is not a fan uh, of, of Gertuso as a manager and uh, I'm not sure that this job is necessarily the right one I don't for think him. he's
3: going to get it. It's, he, he wants more money, a better team probably. So I don't think he's he's the right... He will never accept the, the offer. I know they're talking, but you know I don't think he's going to be interested. Then in football, everything can happen. But I think it's going to be really Yeah, hard.
2: apparently, I mean, it's rumours, but apparently they had a long meeting today mm-hmm. and he has, has to get a bit more time to decide and kind of talk with his, with his team and see. So that shows that he's not sure about it. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it all depends on what happens in January. If, if the president uh, is, is willing to actually spend some money and strengthen the team, then it might, you know, it might be, it might be, like, I mean, maybe not a good job, but it could, be, it could be an okay job to kind of keep the team up and then start again next season. Right. But if not, no one would take
1: it. Absolutely. Let's touch on the uh, Derby that which was the big game this weekend. Uh, Inter 1, Juventus 2, Dybala opened the scoring after just four minutes with a fantastic strike. Uh, Inter level 3, with, with a penalty on 18 minutes. And then Gonzalo Higuain came off the bench to score the winner. Um, for me, I-, I watched the game. I really, really enjoyed the game. I just couldn't help but feel that Inter, after Sensi went off in particular, were a different side. Uh, I wasn't really impressed with Romelu Lukaku's performance. I thought he was quite wasteful uh, in possession. I thought there were situations where Inter could break in. You could just see the lack of football brain in Romelu Lukaku at times. It it was really frustrating. So uh, I'm going to come to you guys for your thoughts, starting with Vittorio. What did you make of the game? This was a real chance for Inter to make a statement, wasn't it, and say the rest of the world we're here to challenge juve this season but unfortunately it didn't quite quite go their way
3: juventus played better we have to be honest from the beginning to the end juventus played better Uh, we were all surprised i think to see Dybala start instead of Higuain because yes Dybala played well the other week but usually uh, Sari loves Higuain and we were thinking that he could be starting but Dybala was a very positive surprise he scored at the beginning Juventus played well, but it's true that when uh, Sensi came off, it looks like Inter wasn't able to play. And then there is this big discussion about Lukaku, because if you notice, Inter played against Lazio and Juventus, the big teams they they played against, and in both matches Lukaku didn't do pretty much nothing. So the the biggest concern is you paid a lot of money for a striker that scored against Lecce or you know small teams, but when he really has to make the difference against Juventus, he disappeared. You have to say that Lautaro Martinez played really well while uh, while uh, Lukaku disappeared. And this is a huge problem for Inter. But at, at the same time, you have to admit that Juventus, it's still another level. And, you know, thinking that they had Higuain on the bench, a lot of very good players on the bench, this tells you the difference. And the concerning part, I don't know if Tommy will agree with me, is that you can see already Sarri's hand in this Juventus, and we are just beginning of October. A lot of other journalists were convinced, you know, it's going to take time. This comes from, you know, Allegri's Juventus, that it's completely the opposite of Sarri type of football. So, you know, it's going to take time to adapt to this very different type of football. Instead, you can see even yesterday, you know, the, the, the Higuain goal, it's a typical Sari ball, like you used to call it in England. 24 <laughs> touches, and then the perfect triangle that put Igway in front of the goalkeeper. That's Sari football. And Juventus is already playing at that, like that. So this is quite impressive. Yes, you have to admit that Sari had to adapt to the Juventus team, so they're not pressing that much high. Sometimes they're waiting the other team in their midfield because that's how Bonucci like, like to play football. You can say even that Bonucci. Bonucci's back last year for me. He didn't play that well yesterday. Uh, yesterday, uh, Sunday, he was performing really well. It was the Bonucci we all knew. So, y- you have to say that Juventus won 2 1. It could have been easy 3 1, 4 1, because there was a the goal. There's a lot of uh, Cristiano Ronaldo hit the bar. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it looks like Juventus is still the best team and they show it.
1: Tommy, what did you make of the game? Is it a real confidence blow to Inter, a side who many people tipped to challenge Juve this season, but obviously they've kind of fallen at the first hurdle, haven't they?
2: Yeah, I thought they were going to do better, to be fair. I was, uh, I was a little disappointed from Inter, really. Um, about Lukaku, um, I agree with Torio. however, he did score again against Milan, I don't know? If you, obviously, you don't count Milan as a big team.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <The> relegation <laughs> candidates. Yeah, <exactly. laughs>
2: Um, well, one thing I can say about Lukaku, he, he, I agree with you guys. He, he, he does lack of football brain, like you call, like you call it. Uh, but um, he has been he has been playing the like, past few games with the, with the back problems. He, uh, today again, he didn't train with the team, so he's, he's always in and off. So I think I think that can um, you know it can, it can be a bit bad for a player like him, especially because they buy they bought him because. Conte won a lot of weight, a lot of physical, a lot of you know, that kind of player up front. And I think he's doing a fairly good job also because Lautaro Martinez, he's performing better this year than he did last year with Ricardi. I know they, they didn't hard they hardly never play together, in, especially in the first part of the season. But then when they did play together, I think Lautaro was a lot in the shadow of Ricardi while with Lukaku, which is a very physical player. Lautaro has much more freedom and he he signed, he was probably the best player in, in for Inter in, in the game. So I, I think it was a good signing Lukaku, even though he's not, he's, he only scored three goals. He, he's not going to score 40, you know, he's not that kind of player. Uh, and he will miss uh, shots in front of the goal. He, may, he will miss passes. But I think he works with the with contest system. And he, especially for Lautaro Martinez, is going to make him a better player. Um, and then about Juventus, uh, I'm going to have to agree with Torrio. Sari really show for the first time, I would say his impact because starting is another one of those managers that needs time to kind of put his his play in, you know, and make all the of the players make them get used to the play. Um, the difference with Milan is that Juventus is world-class player, so with like Ronaldo, DiBala, so even in that period while the players are getting used to this system, they he can still pick up results. While of course Milan can, but. Uh, I, I, like like Mistori said, the, the second goal was a perfect solid ball. 23, 24 passes and then triangle in front of the goal. Uh, so it's it finally picking up and uh, everyone that said the Juventus didn't really play that well in the first, in the first few games, it was it's true, I agree. Um, but then everything can change now and it, also it might be a, a massive boost of confidence. So I think that they're just going to uh, go on a big strike of wins now.
1: Yeah, it would be interesting. I, I think they will too and I, I think most people were probably hopeful that Inter could sustain some sort of title challenge more because it's what they wanted to see, to see rather than they actually believing in that Inter are as good as Juventus. I don't think, you know, you can close the gap that quickly. I don't think it happens overnight. Um, you know, we've always spoken about how Inter have some talented players, but for me, just the depth that Juventus have is unreal. And, you yeah. know, just I, I don't want to keep touching on Lukaku because it feels like we're picking on him, but for me, there were a couple of instances where Inter, in the first half, were looking to counter-attack and they'd win the ball back and he'd turn. And it would, it would be like watching a lorry turn in the middle of a road. It was so slow. And by the time he got his feet in order and looked up, the whole, you know, team was there. The, the whole team's got back and and I think it was probably Martinez, uh, Lautaro's run, was just completely shut down. And and it, it must be so frustrating to play with someone like that. And, you know, I think over the course of the season, he will score a good amount of goals. I think Lukaku will always get you goals, but he's not a sophisticated centre-forward and there's a certain level that he plays at. You know, from from Inter's perspective, you hope that if they can get Alexis Sanchez fit and firing when he returns from his suspension, then, you know, that would add another dimension to their attack. But Juventus' depth is is really scary when you think about it. Um, If we touch on another team... Uh, who are doing really well this season, and that is Atalanta. They were 3-1 winners over Lecce. Um, Fantastic season last year, obviously. It's been well documented that they're having troubles in the Champions League. Um, You know, we've all seen, seen that. Tommy, why is it that this Atalanta side are so strong in Serie A, are so, you know, entertaining to watch, yet in Europe they haven't been able to replicate that form? Why do you think that is?
2: I think uh, one thing I want to say about Atlanta is that they're absolutely mind-blowing to me because we saw in the past, in the past ten, fifteen years you can see a smaller team that kind of does well. I remember Udinese when he qualified for the Champions League playoff, I even Sampdoria qualified for the Champions League playoff. You can see a smaller team that kind of goes up, but then the next season he usually goes back down. You know, th- that's how it usually is. And to be fair, I expected the same after the first season, which is two seasons ago. And then the season after they qualify for Champions League and they come first. And then this season again, everyone thought, you know, they're going to have the Champions League, they're going to have a lot of games, they're going to have enough depth, whatever. And still, I mean, I don't know how it's going to finish, but now the third. They're only two points away from Juventus, and they've been playing absolutely fantastic football. Better football than Juventus, for example, and probably Inter as well, because Juventus and Inter, they both scrape some results, while Atalanta has always played fantastic football. The front three is amazing. Uh, now they got Malinovsky as well, which comes off the bench, Muriel as well. So the, the depth is better, and honestly, I'm very surprised with them, and I hope they can keep up. about the Champions League? Uh you know, it's, it's difficult for them. They never done, really done it. Gasperini as well. I mean, he did it with Inter, It didn't go very well. But it's something so new for them. The, the first game, they just had a bad approach in the fourth year, which is which is which is very unfair in my opinion. And about the second game, I think they were very unlucky because they they were one nil up with Zapata, and then they had a few chances to close it. And they probably just got nervous, you know. They, they were thinking, you know, oh, we're going to get our first points of the Champions League. So they kind of, you know, their legs probably f- felt weaker and stuff. And they just conceded another goal. And then from there, they really wanted to win it. And then last minute, they just they, they were just tired. I don't know what happened. So I think they were just unlucky. They deserved uh, to win, at least in the first half, definitely. They deserved to close it, 2-0. Uh, and they didn't. Um, I think they, they were still... Well, I mean, next game is against Man City, so that, that that's going to be interesting <laughs> to see. Um, but I, I, I think they're a fantastic team, and they just they just need a bit more luck in the past in the past two games. But they still have a chance if they if they can pick up a draw, Man City may be at home. I know it's very 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 optimistic, and maybe manage to win the last two games, uh, they can maybe still qualify or even a third place. That will get them in the Europa League, which is still good for them. Uh, uh,
1: Vittorio, your thoughts on Atalanta uh, again? I'll ask you the same question. Why is it that they cannot replicate their fantastic form in Syria uh, in the UEFA Champions League?
3: I I feel that they don't have the experience. They don't have experienced players that play the Champions League and know what it takes. And this is the biggest difference. In uh, in the Champions League, they're not used to it. And that's why they lose. I I, I thought even last year in the Coppa Italia final, they didn't play as Atalanta. And that's why they lost. So, you know, when they have the pressure in this type of competition, you feel that those are average players. You know, Gasperini has made a miracle. Then you see, uh, I don't know, Kessi going to Milan and you see he's an average player. Every player that leaves this Atalanta pretty much Uh, disappears. An incredible player with Gasperini. And then Mancini goes to Roma and doesn't play, you know. So I think it's that. Uh, Gasperini hasn't got the experience, as uh, Tommy was saying. So, in the Serie A, they have the confidence. In the Champions League, they don't and they struggle. Plus, we have to see what happened in January because now they still have energy. They're not playing a lot of matches. But in January, when it's cold, the the pitch are heavier and you already played a group phase of Champions League, we're going to see how the the Atalanta players uh, will perform. But at the moment, they are above uh, of Napoli. And in the league, they're playing amazing football. And again, every year we say they they will not, not be able to repeat themselves this year and they do it. So be careful because especially now that Roma is struggling, Lazio is struggling, Milan is gone, etc. They can easily get again in the Champions League uh, uh, position again.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. There's certainly a team to watch out for. Victoria, you mentioned Roma there. Um, of course, the, the city rivals of your team, Lazio, they were held to a 1-1 draw by Cagliari. And there was uh, crazy scenes at the end when uh, Nikola Kalinic had a goal ruled out. Um, Paolo Fonseca and various oh, other, other people were, were caught sort of really blasting the referee. In your opinion, should that goal have been ruled out? Was it the correct decision?
3: I saw it five times and for me, all the five times it was a clear foul from Kalinic. So I really don't understand why they've been complaining for that. Massa, the referee, didn't... He didn't make mistakes but how he was dialing with, with the Roma players and career player wasn't really the perfect way to do it. Especially, he disallowed the goal but didn't explain nothing to the players for like five minutes. So that for me created confusion but i nobody you know even if you f- if you read former referees they all say it was a clear foul that wasn't a goal never ever instead fonseca shouted at the referee he got too much of suspension if i'm not wrong uh, yep. and a lot of other players as well complain this for me showed me that th- this team is under pressure because obviously they have to get back to the Champions League. After one year, that they didn't reach it. Uh, the team is struggling. They're not playing great football. They're winning matches, but they're not playing great football. Unfortunately, they got so many players injured, and this is a, a incredible bad luck for them. But obviously, it creates tensions, and you can see it on the pitch. I mean, Cagliari, it's a difficult team to play against, but it wasn't an amazing match. You cannot say that Roma deserved to win that match. So this is concerning because usually at home, Roma is a very good team and now they're struggling. Now Zeko got a surgery, I think he's going to be out like a month or so. And he he he's not only the top scorer of Roma, but probably he's the only player that can make the difference there in front. So it's going to be hard to see how they perform without Zeko going forward.
1: Big loss, massive loss. Tommy, your thoughts, do you agree? I certainly thought it was a foul. Um, having watched it a, a couple of times.
2: Yeah, I agree. It was a foul, to be fair. I understand why the fans were angry, but I don't understand why the manager... I mean, of course, you can be angry, but you can't do that if you're a professional professional manager in Serie A. You, you can't do that. You can complain, you can shout a bit, but that's it. You need to you know, find your composure and start again and try to attack again. Um, Absolutely. so yeah and Roma was a bit unlucky because they had a couple of, a few more chances but Cagliari is a great team so uh, they know how to sit down sit back for, with, especially with big teams so I'm not surprised about the draw ring
1: yeah no a disappointing frustrating result for Roma but Cagliari is certainly worth, uh, worth the point at least um, into other news uh, the new anti-racism body has been set up in Italy so the Italian government will create a new body solely to identify and eradicate racist discrimination in sport from March 2020. It's going to be focused uh, on football uh, stadiums in particular. This is something that's needed to happen for a while, hasn't it? We've seen, uh, I think uh, this evening as well, that Lazio uh, of a statement, Vittorio, saying that they've condemned some racist chanting that happened uh, in their stadium and they'll be looking into that as well. So it's nice to see that, this is being dealt with and it's being taken seriously now, isn't it, Victoria?
3: A little bit too late, can we say it? Because Absolutely you know, this is going on in the past couple of years. Is has been going on. There are a lot of teams that have this problem. And we have to be honest, a lot of teams have closed their eyes, ignored these things, hoping that no one see it. But you know, now we we are in a global world, everybody's talking about this, everybody's seeing it. Now, uh, UEFA announced that they are going to do an investigation about Lazio in the last uh, uh, Europe League match against Rennes. Uh, I-, I saw it on TV. I didn't hear nothing. But, you know, if UEFA said something happened, then probably <laughs> there's there's something going on. So they're going to do an investigation. Uh, you know, the uh, Fiorentina has been fined by Serie A for racist songs in the last match. We know Atalanta has problems. So... You know, it's very late, but at least you can see that the clubs are moving in the right direction. I Again, I cannot understand. I cannot believe that in 2019, with cameras all over the world, you cannot be able to identify this person in the stadium singing or doing uh, this terrible behavior. So I still think someone is closing their eyes, pretending to not see this because, you know, it's it's not possible. You have to do something. And let's see if this time they're really going to do something or, or, you know, as often happens in Italy, you make the announcement saying we're going to do something and then they don't do nothing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Tommy, are you still sceptical as to whether this will actually make a difference or whether they'll actually enforce the things that they say they're going to do?
2: I think something will change. Maybe it won't be drastically, but... Um, I think something will change and I'm glad they did it and I agree it's too late but you know what it's, it's better be- better now than ever you know and the thing is that obviously it's, it's something awful and it sh- it sh- you know it, sh- it shouldn't happen anywhere in the world but especially now in Serie A in Italy in 2019 and Serie A is on the up you know like we're finally starting to see big teams spending Millions, like a lot of money, for big players like Juventus, Cristiano Ronaldo, Inter, Lukaku. Uh, you want players to, to want to come to Italy to play for us. You know they want to feel welcomed. They want to feel, I like if they come, you know their fans will love them rather than, you know, be scared that if they go away in a in a smaller club, Cagliari or whoever, Atalanta, they might get booed and might get, you know racism or even if they maybe they don't perform really well by their own fans so you want that you, you, it shouldn't happen anyway like in any country in the world but especially if you it's Serie A which has been great in the in the past and has been going through a rough period and now it's finally on the up you don't want like a couple because again it's only a couple fans like we said last time it's only a few yeah. you know Lazio did something with Ren it wasn't the whole Lazio fans it wasn't Vittorio you know it was two or three <laughs> players two, two, two or three fans uh, you know they probably don't even care about football. Just go there to create some confusion. And same for all the clubs. So, um, so, so you'd want to eliminate that. You want to eliminate it because it's wrong, and you want to eliminate it because it's just such bad advertisement for a league that's trying to, to go back in the in the top level.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, couldn't agree with you more. Hopefully that this does make a difference and hopefully we see less and less of it as time goes by. Right, guys, that brings us to the end of another edition, uh, episode 14, all wrapped up, done and dusted. My huge thanks uh, to Vittorio Campanile of the Lazio Lounge. Uh, Vittorio, how can people follow you and how can they find your podcast?
3: Well, on uh, wherever you follow, you listen to podcasts, so Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, you search for Lazio Lounge and every Monday after Lazio match, you'll find a new episode.
1: Brilliant stuff. And Tommy, how can people keep up to date with you and your fantastic work?
2: Uh, just on Twitter, Tommy TommyLanzimin and just Manzimin on every social platform. Brilliant stuff.
1: We'll be back very soon with another episode. Until then, take care. It's an international break. Enjoy your time off, gents. Um, I'll be keeping an eye on the Italy games, but I won't be uh, getting stressed out about any international football, that's for sure. Uh, They're playing Greece, actually, um, which will be interesting. uh, See how many you put past us this time. Uh, We'll be back very soon. So uh, until then, take care, everyone.